Hey there, friends. This is Joe Butler with Fuel to Thrive, a podcast all about nutrition, running, and motherhood. Today, we have an awesome guest on the show. His name is Cody Moore. Cody is actually one of my sports nutritionists at Thrive Performance. He's a registered dietitian nutritionist and a competitive distance runner. Cody has so much experience in the nutrition and running world, and he has so much great advice to share. Plus, we get to catch up on his story and some of the things he's experienced as a male in the distance running community. So listen in, friends, and enjoy the episode. Cody, great to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's um, such a pleasure and an honor to be chatting with you today. So um, I guess real quick, you know, the 30-second elevator speech on who I am. Um, I am a runner, a dietitian, um, and a, um, in general, active person. Um, I live currently in Northwest Montana um, and love to be outside in all seasons. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what your specialty is in running. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades, I would say, and, and a master of none. Um, but I really love the marathon distance. You know, I think that's um, on the roads where I excel, but uh, I also love the trails and the ultra marathons um, and, and like to run and race everything. I'm getting on the track this year to run some 5Ks, yeah. you know, so everything from 5K to 50 miles plus um, is kind of all things that get me excited. I love it. How, oh my goodness. I always think of you and I'm like, how in the world do you balance all the different events going from like trail to like road racing? Cause I feel like that's so different. Oh, it's so different. I don't know if balance is the right word. I think it's more of a, like (laughs) certain times you just focus on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but I think especially as a runner coming from like the speed background or like, like, ran track in college. And so, um, and I wouldn't say I'm the fastest person by any means, but having a little bit more of that road speed helps so, so much in the ultra, the trails, um, and, and sort of the more adventure style. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. One of my good friends here, Rachel Drake does that she'll switch from trails. Like that's her main thing, but then do marathoning. Yeah. She's a beast. It's awesome. Um, so Cody, tell us a little bit about your background as a dietitian. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist or RDN are those letters. Um, and, and so that degree and accreditation, um, is a nationally recognized accreditation and it comes from, um, a four-year degree that's very specific. It has to be, um, a specific program studying nutrition. And then after school, you apply for an internship, much like, um, getting into like grad school almost. Yeah. And, uh, and then you do about a year long internship, um, which is similar to like clinical rotations for, yeah, for yeah, those yeah. in the medical field where you're like boots on the ground, you're, you're working with a lot of different populations in different areas. So maybe some in the hospital, some out of the hospital, some more community focused. Um, and you just get to see and experience a lot of things. So that's kind of like the background on, on registered dietitian nutritionists, um, in general. And then, um, myself, so I went to school at Colorado state university in Fort Collins. Um, yeah, beautiful area. Oh my gosh. If you like to be outside, Fort Collins is an awesome town. Totally. Um, and then, uh, did my internship mostly down in Durango, Colorado, which is another incredible area down into kind of the four corners area and 
is sort of this red rocks, high desert. Um, and then you can get up into 14,000 foot mountains cool. in like yes. an hour. Or you so can fun. be down in the red rocks of like Moab in like an hour and a half, two hours. So yeah. really, really beautiful area. Um, again, it plays right into, <laughs> you know, the, the mix of road and trail yep. And, yep. Running and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I got my, did my internship mostly um, kind of on the Western slope of Colorado there. And then uh, living, lived in Colorado for a little bit after that. And then now I've been in Montana for um, coming up on three years. That's crazy. And uh, most of my work as a dietitian has been in the home health field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been, I, I work out um, going to patients' homes, people's homes. Generally, they've just gotten out of the hospital um, with a major illness or injury yeah. and still need a really high level of care. Um, totally. And so, um, as a dietitian, it's super special that I get to go into somebody's home and, and yeah. really have that more intimate experience and get to see, hey, where are they coming from? You know, it, it's hard to talk about um, certain aspects of nutrition, like following a heart healthy diet. Yeah. Food in their cupboard to begin with. Totally. Right? So going into the home is, is really unique and, um, and just uh, allows you to build better relationships, I think, with your, yeah. and your clients as well. That's really cool. So what got you interested into dietetics and nutrition? Great question. Yeah. So, um, I think I've always been, I've always been a big eater. I would say yes. um, you know, I, I grew up with, uh, with two other brothers and, uh, it was kind of like he who eats the fastest eats the mostest. <laughs> that um, makes sense. So, yeah. So we ate a lot and, and was always like active and doing sports and stuff. So we, we were always all three of us, like definitely big eaters. Um, and then, yeah, getting into to athletics in high school, um, I ran track and cross country mm-hmm. in high school as well as played soccer and a little bit of football. Um, and so I think, you know, some of that stemmed into like, Hey, I wanted to be a better runner. Yeah. You know, and I read, probably read a runner's world magazine article yes. about like some nutrition for runners and was like, cool, yes. I'm going to eat more oatmeal or something, yes. you know, yes. sort of, just of like, Oh, what I eat actually affects how I feel and how yeah. I feel. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's like the backstory. Yeah. And then I guess through college, um, I was kind of going down the medical route to go okay. to school or PA school or something. Okay. Um, and I was actually pretty, pretty close to doing that. Um, and ended up getting my undergrad in human nutrition and food okay. science as, um, kind of a precursor to going to med school. I had all okay. the prereqs and everything done. Um, but the pretty much my senior year of college, I just decided, you know what? Like, I'm not sure that I want to be in school for mm. another eight to 12 years. Totally. And really like this nutrition stuff. Um, and I kind of want to see where that goes. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was kind That's of really what cool. led to the RDN. And then through there, you know, you get to just experience so much in an internship. Yeah everything. And so I think that's another just way that my eyes were open to yeah. um, what you can do with a nutrition degree. Yeah. That's awesome. So how, cause I know you talked about, you saw how it was affecting running. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen nutrition and running work together and affect performance and vice versa, you know, how your performance yeah. affects your nutrition. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, so I think in my own, my own story here where I really started to get interested in it was um, my first couple of years of college. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I was a soccer player and a football player as well as a runner in college. Dang. And I wouldn't say I have like a stereotypical runner build. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Definitely not like super skinny. I'm, I'm more like a little bit more muscular. Um, and so I think in college, I started to look at other, other people's bodies on my team Yeah. and, uh, and just be like, oh my gosh, like 
I need to change something because I don't look like they are. They mm, do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wasn't running as fast as they do. Right. Yeah. So I think, okay, what are these little edges I can get? Um, and one of that was like nutrition. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to lose some weight. Right. And so I lost some weight and that was fine. Um, but then I, I really kind of spiraled into this, like more disordered eating pattern, yeah. where I was, like, not fueling myself. Well, I was definitely like scared of food. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it led to some burnout, um, and yeah. kind of in my sophomore year, having my body just sort of shut down. On mm-hmm. me. Um, and, and I was anemic and anyways, had lots of issues with, um, with just my general performance because yeah. I wasn't feeling well. And also because I was, um, I just kind of had a fear of food. Like I love yeah. to eat, but then I was like, oh no, if I eat this thing or that mm. thing or eat too much of the one thing or another, then, you know, I'm going to have a terrible workout tomorrow Yeah, and so would just kind of spiral. Thanks. Yeah. So that's, I so gr- glad you brought that up because I feel like that's something we don't talk about enough with men and in the sports world and like struggling with disordered eating kind of tell us like your experience as a man who's kind of struggled with some of this disordered eating thoughts and mentality and how you overcame that. Yeah, no, I think you're right on. I think there's a lot of um, high profile women and female athletes that have yeah. come out and said, Hey, I've struggled with this for a long time. Um, and I, there are some men that have come out and said, you know, Hey, I struggle with eating disorders, disordered eating, you know, food and body image related. Yeah. Issues. Um, but I feel like the, maybe there's just not as much knowledge or publicity. Yeah. 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 So, so in terms of my experience, um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of it comes more from the performance side, totally um, generalizing for men. And this was my experience, but it's more like, Hey, it's maybe not, I want to necessarily look this way. Mm-hmm. Although it's like, Hey, I want to perform this way. Totally. Um, and I think sometimes guys get it, can kind of get away with stuff, you know, yeah, for sure. It's, it's just because I'm training for this race. It's yep. just because, you know, I want to, I want to run this time or I want to, um, you know, do this certain thing. I'm, I'm really yeah. bleeding out or, or cutting, um, are some of the terms that are used yeah. Yeah. To sort of mask or, or disguise sometimes, um, poor relationships with food. Yeah. 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 I find that so interesting. Um, I remember in college, like always wrestlers would go through cutting Mm -hmm. seasons and I was definitely, I mean, I was in the kinesiology department, so I heard everything and it was so interesting to me how everyone just accepted that as normal. Like that's okay. Like these guys will go months and months with basically not eating and because they're dude, it's like acceptable. (laughs) I'm like, how is this? How is this? Okay. Um, yeah. So how, how do you feel like you overcame some of those like disordered thoughts and behaviors? Yeah, I I would say it was a long process. Yeah. Um, And I think a a big part of it was just learning not how to, or learning not to fear food and realize that, Hey, the, the more I ate and the more I nourished my body, Mm -hmm. um, the better I felt and performed. And totally this day I'm running way, way faster than I ever did in college. Um, and, and I weigh more than I ever did in yeah. college and I feel way better than yeah. I did in college. Totally. Totally. But I would say it's, it's, it was a long struggle. Like there were yep. periods where it was like, Hey, I didn't really care too much about my weight yeah. or my, my body image. I just knew that if I fueled well, I'd perform well yeah. and then kind of see something or do something yeah. or hear something and you sort of lapse back into this, like, well, maybe if I just lose five pounds, yeah, right. Just lean out a little bit more, you know, maybe if I don't eat so much dessert, like yep. Yep. <laughs> this, this thing, right. So it's, it's not a linear process. It wasn't for sure. Linear. I don't think it is for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it did go in stages of kind of getting better and then getting a little mm -hmm. worse, and getting a little better and getting yeah. a little worse, but generally trending upward. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I relate to that. I feel like it's so easy, especially the more competitive you get. I feel like the easier it is to kind of get wrapped up in that. Cause you'll see, and I'm the same way, you know, I'm, I'm tall. I'm not the average distance runner. So I know what it feels like to start on the starting line. And you're like, I look different than these people. Should I change something? Um, but I think it's so important to know, like every single person's body is different and your fuel is going to be your power. So yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so did you have like any other like mental obstacles you feel like with running and food? Or do you feel like that was kind of like the gist of just like fear of food and performance? Yeah, I think that was, that was the main part yeah. of it. Um, I think physically too, what led me to, to fueling better, um, while running was, was a mm -hmm. lot of stomach issues while racing. Okay. Okay. It's just kind of a toss up, um, in terms of like, especially running marathons and longer distance races, whether or not I'd have, um, you know, the gels and the food and, and the hydration that I was taking in, yeah. sit in my stomach well, or totally all going to come back up yep. cramps. And so, um, what I realized is like, I wasn't practicing fueling mm. training and that yeah. was in part motivated by this fear of like, Hey, I didn't want these extra 200 or 300 yes. run. Um, but, but then I realized like, Hey, if I don't train my gut to handle food, yep. it's not going to do it in races. And yeah. it's going to be really angry when I start to throw yes. these new things at it that it's never experienced. Totally. So that was really helpful for me as well to realize not yeah. just on like a, a higher, you know, theoretical level that, mm -hmm. Hey, if I eat more, I, I race and train better, but yeah. like you know, actually in the act of running and yes. training, if I am eating and training, I am running better in races. Yes. <laughs> totally. Practice, right. Totally. So, um, yeah. A big, um, yeah. A big barrier that I had to um, over or just kind of work through. Yeah. 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 I feel like I talk with a lot of people that struggle with that as well. And I even remember I ran my first marathon in college and it was absolutely horrendous. I don't know why I did it. Um, but I refused to take any sort of gel during my marathon for that reason. Same. It was the fear and it was horrendous. And then I actually learned what it's like to fuel during a race. And you're like, this is so much better. Um, oh, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, when I'm working with people and too, like, I think, you know, the philosophy around it. I have at least when it comes to training and practicing fueling, I'm like, if anything, it's just your advantage to practice. Like you're just yeah. giving yourself more energy to perform better and recover better versus like just depleting your body and running on E the whole time. So yeah. 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 So, okay. I'm super interested to kind of hear your philosophy inside on this. How have like you worked with people and like, even with yourself and other athletes seen like the mental shift of changing? Cause I, again, you said fear of food. So I think it's super helpful to recognize, recognize that, but how have you kind of changed your mental shift from like good foods and bad foods to like a more holistic approach? <laughs> oh, great. Great question. Yeah. So, um, th this has kind of been one of my pet peeves for a while. Um, and I, I do it just as much as anybody else. Yeah, so I'm yeah. guilty of labeling food, good or bad. Healthy, yeah. unhealthy. Um, and, and that's not to say that like some foods are much more nutritionally dense. <laughs> totally. And like, you shouldn't eat uh, 12 donuts every meal for every meal of every day. Right? Like you probably, probably wouldn't feel great. <laughs> you probably won't feel very well. Um, but I, I think shifting that mentality and shifting the way we talk about food is really important. Yeah. Because the way, the way we talk about things, um, 
is really just an affirmation of the way we're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it can go vice versa too, right? When we hear a lot of people talking in a certain way, we start to think in that certain yeah, way, right? Very much so. so I, think, I think for myself and then for the folks that I've worked with, um, just trying to get out of the mentality of black and white thinking where yeah. we think, hey, these are good foods um, and these are bad foods, right? Totally. Things more on a, on a scale and a timing, right? Yeah. So, hey, eating, um, you know, like, a, like two gels first thing in the morning when I wake up, I probably won't feel very good. Yeah. But hey, if my if I'm eating those two gels in a race, like yeah, they're gonna make me feel great. Yeah. You know. Totally. Um, talk about hey, when is when is better times to eat? Yeah. Um, and then know that like there's a nutritional side of food, and then there's a social and emotional. Component, yeah. Right. I think so often we get hung up um, thinking that we are people that think and have emotions and have feelings. <laughs> um, and, we, and I think it's the other way around, right? We're emotional um, yeah. feeling people that also use our brains to think sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so just helping myself and my, my people that I work with um, realize that, that there is, you know, nutritionally dense food. And then there's like emotionally dense food. Yes, right? totally. There, like that salad is like super nutritionally dense. I'm like, I'm going to probably feel pretty good after I eat it. Um, you physically feel good. And then like, Hey, that cookie after like, maybe uh, yeah. I'll feel great. Maybe I won't feel quite as good. Um, but emotionally, like I'm going to feel really great. Yeah. Today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. So, totally. Also, let's, that. yeah. Yeah. Also, let's just say a salad, like two hours before I run may not be the best option either. 100%. Hundred percent. Uh, I have so many athletes come to me saying, like, "Yeah, I eat this huge salad for lunch, and then I try to go for a run, and I have GI distress." And I'm like, "Well, that makes no sense." <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I would put myself in that camp. I have done that many times. Oh, yeah, I have too. I totally have too. Terrible today. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, like, why? Thirty grams of fiber two hours yes. ago. Yes, it's so true. Yeah, I think it's helping people reframe, like there's a time and purpose for everything. And like, yeah, it's just like you said, like we are humans and we are emotional beings. And so we need that in order to like function well and feel supported and loved and, and also engaged in like society. <laughs> like, oh, totally. Totally. So yeah, important. You, like how many people I've talked to that like won't have a birthday cake at a birthday. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like that is, you're just missing out on experience. Yeah. You know, totally really like you're, you're digging yourself in a hole, maybe not physically, but emotionally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's always one of the big red flags I see too, when people are isolating from social settings in order yeah. around food. And I, I'm just, I've been there hundred percent been there and know what that's like. But I also like look up back on those times where I did that. And I'm like, so sad for those opportunities I missed to build relationships um, and how much richer life would have been in that setting. Yeah, a hundred percent. But, um, and I'm with you too. I've had this very similar experiences where I avoided social gatherings or would like sit on the other side of yeah. a room, from, like a buffet table or something, yes. or like sit with my back to it. So I didn't yep. look at it. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm with you. I think sometimes we just spend in that moment. It's hard to see because we're just spending yeah. so much of course about the food and not thinking about like the experience and the people we're with. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So, um, so I am curious what, like there are struggling runners out there who've had similar experiences to you that are also probably runners who are both on the trail and on the roads as well. What would be like a big piece of advice you would give to one of those runners? Yeah, definitely. So, um, 
I think it depends a little bit on why they're struggling, what they're struggling yeah, from. For sure. In general, I would say, hey, reach out. Like, yeah. talk to your coach, talk to your running buddies, talk to your friends that don't run, um, and just air some of these issues out. Yeah. Because I think the scariest part is that like, there's this there's this shame that like, hey, I feel like I'm struggling with mm-hmm. or disorder yeah. or like, yeah. my like, hey, I'm I'm mm-hmm. doing things that I know aren't healthy or or don't feel yeah. good. Um, and I don't know where to go. Like, yeah. is, like, just start talking about it with people, even if, mm, um, so good. that has nothing to do with running yes. um, takes that burden of shame off of you. Yeah. Um, so I think talking about it, reaching out and then of course, like trying to get professional help, like yeah. if, you, if you're really having an issue, like talk to, like, you wouldn't go to Joe Schmo on this, sh- on the street, you know, if you <laughs> think you have a stress fracture, right. Right. Yeah. You have a real issue. Um, then you would go see a PT or a doctor, right? Yeah. And same kind of thing. Like if you think you're having real nutritional issues, like go find a nutritionist or a dietitian that you really trust yeah. um, and reach out and ask good questions. Yeah. Um, and, so and don't be afraid to get help. Um, even if you're not sure, right? Yeah. hundred like percent. People like yourself and myself, Joe, we can look at somebody and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, totally. You have all these symptoms of yep. disorder, eating disorder or like, no, maybe you just have one or two things yeah. going on yeah. and, and you're okay right now, you know, and we need yeah. a few things we could work on, but yeah. um, just having that feedback is so yeah. important. And then yeah. I think the other thing I would say too, to somebody that's struggling um, is, is, you know, this too shall pass, right? Mm, yeah. That's kind of cliche, but in the moment, um, especially when it comes to, like mental health things, yeah. stuff can just feel like really overwhelming and mm-hmm. heavy and hard to get through and really burdensome. Yeah. Um, but in reality, you know, when you when you look back five years on or ten years on, yeah. you realize that that's just like a tiny blip of your yep. life. Totally. Um, so you know, kind of just stay the course, get help. It's gonna yeah. suck for a while, um, but things will get better if, if you're if you're reaching out and getting help. Mm. That's awesome. That's such good advice. I like how you mentioned even not running buddies or people in the running world. I personally think it's so important for me to have friends who don't run and aren't in the running world to keep me sane. How, what's your experience been there with like having people outside of running to kind of hold you accountable and bring perspective to life? Oh, it's, it's massive. Yeah. I'm, I'm right with you on that, Joe. I think it's amazing. I have so many friends and community and people I know through running yeah. um, to have people that are outside running is just so refreshing. Yeah. And people that like could care less if you ran a 20 minute 5k <laughs> or if you ran a 14 minute 5k. Right. Like, Great job. You look like, <laughs> you know, like yes. that's awesome. happy for you. Right. Or like yes. the, the people, I had a coworker the other day that came up and said, now you just ran, you just ran a marathon. How far was that? <laughs> yes. That's great. Right. Like that's, you're just like, man, these people are stoked for me and they have no idea what's going yes. on. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I think it's so important to have those friends that don't run or don't, or aren't big endurance sport people. Yeah. Um, that just kind of keep you accountable and keep you yeah. sane and also just provide some balance. Right. That yes. Like, I think it's so easy when all your friends do a certain thing um, to get kind of sucked into that bubble and that sphere and for better or for worse, you know, sometimes that can pull you to a new level, right? Because you're like, (laughs) you know, you just soak on it all the time. Yes. It pulls you down because you're like, can't get out of it and can't get away from rest and recovery. So yeah. So I think it's massively important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I need that in my life. Otherwise I would just be all running all the time and my mental health would not be, not be good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so good to hear more about your story. I actually didn't know a lot of this. So it's, I love that. Um, but before we head out, I do like one of the things I'm always asking everyone as they head out of this podcast, uh, what's your favorite food? It can be anything, anything. Okay. Um, can I give you like two things? Yes. One, yes. One because I feel like it's kind of cliche and everybody says chocolate. But, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's good. It's so good, right? It's probably like one of the foods I could, I eat every single day. Yes. Um, and like, don't get tired of chocolate. Yes. Um, but I also worked for about a year at a bean to bar chocolate maker. Oh. And like, this blew my mind. So, so I just thought like chocolate was chocolate and it's yeah. delicious. Right? But like, cacao like has more flavor compounds yeah. than red wine and and close to the same amount as coffee or like whiskey, right? Yes. So the beans themselves and where they're grown and how they're mm-hmm. fermented and how they're roasted can change the flavor of chocolate like massively that's so fun um, and so that's kind of what we specialized in at this this chocolate shop oh, that's um, so fun made all chocolate like from scratch and it just blew my mind because you're like you could you could try these different chocolates that had beans that were grown in all different places around the world and some would taste like raspberries and grapefruit yeah and like there was one that tasted like smoky, like leaf tobacco, oh, nice. just the way it was fermented. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Like, it would blow your mind. So chocolate, because it's That's amazing. Awesome. It's also really complex. And I guess nerd out. We could do another 30 yes. minutes. <laughs> so I feel about uh, coffee. <laughs> and then the other thing I think I eat a lot of are legumes. Nice. <laughs> I really so I, I eat beans. I'm not vegetarian, but I, okay. I do eat beans and lentils like pretty much every day, five, awesome. six days a week minimum. Um, and it's in part because I just really love them. They're, yeah, like, yeah. they're really yummy and delicious and can be used in all kinds of applications. Yeah. Um, and like different cultures from around the world yeah. use beans and pretty much most, almost all traditional yeah. diets. Totally, totally. Legumes of some kind. So there's a really diverse, um, and they're also just like delicious and cheap and easy. Yeah. They're super affordable. <laughs> they're super, super affordable. They're super yes. affordable. And you don't even have to like even canned beans or something yes. are like a dollar a can Yes, and easy to travel with. Like yes. if you're going camping or something or like easy to take places. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of that's beans. awesome. That's awesome. Also side note there. I know a lot of people are not a fan of canned beans, but it's okay. They still carry nutritional value people. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I will say legumes are not my favorite thing. I actually don't love them that much. Um, that's one thing okay, I can so definitely that's... incorporate more in my diet, but I'm like, eh. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can show you the <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, Cody, thank you so much for your time. It's so great to hear more about your story and thanks for taking time to hop on the podcast. Yeah, Joe, I really appreciate you having me and, uh, excited for more of this. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, we'll take care, Cody and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Joe. Bye. so great to have you guys on the show today. Thanks so much for listening in to Cody and his story. I hope you found some parts relatable and that you are able to take something from his story. Friends, I'm so excited because I am talking all about hormones and disordered eating behaviors and I'm launching my first program called the Athlete's Guide to Period Repair. This is for women who have struggled with irregular or missing periods and if you've been struggling for this one 
For a while, I would love to help you repair your period and get back on track so that you can perform better and thrive in both your sport, but also in life. So if you want to learn more, head to thriveperformance.com and find out more today. Thanks again for listening in.